We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Sean Davis here for the Raptors Nation. You're home for the Raptors. That that came off weird. That's not my <laughs> Yeah, that came. <laughs> I'm going to re- redo that. Three, two. What's going on, everybody? Sean Davis here for the Raptors Nation. You're home for everything. Raptors, the Raptors pick up what potentially might be their most important win of the season. Uh, call that being a little bit exaggerative. Is that a word? Who cares? You know what I mean. But for the place of the season the Raptors are in, and for everything we've most recently discussed, this was, in my opinion, the most important win of the season. We're going to talk all about that. Before we dive into all that, a quick reminder, please do subscribe right here to the Raptors Nation YouTube channel. Ring that post notification bell as well. And go check out the podcast over at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is you listen to podcasts. Give us a five-star rating and review, guys. It's the easiest way to help out the show. Joining me tonight, as always, is Luca Rosano. Luca, this was a fun game. Pascal didn't score the ball well. We'll talk all about that in just a sec. But this was a fun game. And do you agree with my sentiment that this was the most important win of the season? Oh, for sure. I, I call this the biggest regular season game for the Raptors thus far, and uh, they needed to get this game. The Bulls on the outside looking in when it came to the plan, the Raptors win this game. They separate themselves a little bit more from the Bulls. And even more importantly, Sean, they get the tie break against the Bulls. So this was a massive meeting between these two teams. This was a must-have game against the Bulls. And I'm not going to lie, it started off pretty shaky. I thought the Bulls were going to win this game with the way the first three quarters or at least the first half played out with uh, the Raptors just playing sloppy basketball, uh, sloppy in terms of like not being able to hit shots because the Raptors could not hit anything. They were really cold uh, from three point land. Luckily they picked it up in the second half. Um, and that's the biggest reason why they're able to win this game. They were, uh, they were plus in that department versus Chicago in the second half compared to the first half in terms of hitting the three ball. And uh, yeah, the Raptors were able to, really hold on in this game and uh it was a sloppy one but they came alive when they needed to and in the fourth quarter man scotty barnes i called him out during the game there was a stretch in the first half where it was tough to watch him uh he could not hit a shot he was complaining with the ref when it was you know his fault of you know needing to get the basket and just over committing but in the fourth quarter he manned up he didn't blame anybody he took it upon himself he went to work He had four blocks in the fourth, monstrous, monstrous performance by Scotty Barnes in the fourth quarter, and uh, the Raptors get a huge win. And uh, as I know you're going to touch on, Sean, some guys that we called out, I guess, uh, if you will, uh, last show, Ojin and Obi and Gertrude Jr., two guys who did not show up in that blowout loss against Cleveland, 
both of them respectively having nice games. Uh, OG have had 17. Gary Trent Jr. had 19, had a couple of big shots. And I also uh, want to give a shout out to uh, Thad Young. He got some big minutes in this one. Nick Nurse rolled with Thad Young, 17 minutes he played in the fourth. And uh, he got the nod over uh, Jakob Hurdle late in the fourth. So Nick Nurse was sticking with what was working. And that's the type of coach Nick Nurse is. He will continue to ride your hand if uh, the team is playing well and if you are contributing in a big way. And Thad Young, you know, he had seven, three, and five, but he was really good in this game, uh, especially in that fourth quarter. And uh, that was huge for Thad Young to give us those type of minutes. So uh, big, big win for the Raptors once again. And I know we're going to talk about it in a little bit, but uh, welcome to the Raptors' Will Barton. The Raptors are officially 1-0 in the uh, Will Barton era. So always uh, always a good stat to roll out here. The, the season didn't count because the Raptors didn't yeah, the, the season did count because the Raptors didn't have Will Barton. Um, so, you know, now they're one to know that's all that matters with uh, Will Barton. But, um, yeah, like you mentioned, and also Scotty Barnes, when it was a six-point game, Scotty Barnes, who I think it was around four minutes left, hit a big-time three as well. I think he had six points in the fourth, had an and-one earlier in the fourth as well. Like you mentioned, four big-time blocks. Scotty really stepped up in the fourth quarter. Um, let, let, let's break it down, shall we? So, Pascal Siakam. 20 points, 8 rebounds, 7 of 18 from the floor. So relative to expectations and in terms of how he's played recently, a down game from Pascal. That's why I, I have a little bit more enthusiasm. And except like if Pascal had dropped 35 or whatever and he got 10 and 8 and 5 from the other guys, like, I would have been, okay, Pascal won you this one. But on an off-shooting night, Pascal 20 points, OG steps up 17 points, 8 rebounds, uh, six to 13 from the floor, sealed the game with some free throws. Uh, Scotty, like we mentioned, he has 11, eight and four. Uh, Yaka Pirtle didn't really close down the stretch, but he had 14 points. And then uh, Gary Trent Jr. off the bench, 19 points, hit five threes. Uh, shout out to Chris Boucher as well, nine points, knocked in three threes. Like you mentioned, Thad Young, he had seven points. And Fred Van Vliet, he struggled shooting the ball, but he had nine assists, a steal, no turnovers. Add in six rebounds as well. So just an overall well-balanced offensive attack for the Raptors. And, Luca, that's kind of why I'm so excited right now is that, you know, you got a balanced offensive attack. Your superstar didn't play that well, but the other guys chipped in. Now can one of the other guys be consistently the other guys? But for tonight, I'm excited. And I think you got to give a lot of credit to Sean, to the defense. The Raptors held yes. this Bulls team to under 100 points. Zach Levine, who had 30 points in the last outing against the Raptors, he had a quiet 17. And DeMar DeRozan, a guy who has been notorious for torching the Raptors collectively this season, had a quiet season series against the Raptors. He only had 13 points in this one, no rebounds, two assists. And as a whole... Uh, like I said, for the season, DeRozan didn't have those typical huge DeMar DeRozan games as he right. had in the past when visiting Toronto, when playing against his old team. So the Raptors really zeroed in on DeRozan throughout the season series. And especially in this game, uh, we saw guys like Donovan Mitchell get locked up by the Raptors in the past, but then respond as Mitchell did on Sunday. DeMar DeRozan yes. really never found himself in this one. He looked very uncomfortable. He missed uh, two or three, I think it was, a big free throws too late. Just very uncharacteristic from DeMar DeRozan. He got blocked by Scotty Barnes too as he drove on one possession. So DeRozan did not look good to me. And you got to credit the Raptors defense for that. And again, Levine had a quiet one as well. I mean, the Raptors 
if I told you, Sean, going into this game that uh, Nikola Vucevic was going to be the lead scorer for the Bulls after this one, you would take that. So the Raptors did what they needed to do. They quieted the Bulls stars. And, uh, yeah, they didn't make – they made the other guys – I uh, have to beat them. And uh, that never came uh, to fruition for the Bulls team. They just didn't have enough to combat the Raptors in that fourth quarter. Raptors outscoring them 34 to 26 en route to this 104-98 win. Yeah. And uh, I, I also want to point out about the defense of the Raptors. Um, you know, they, they had 47 rebounds. The Bulls only had 35. A big discrepancy on the offensive rebounding boards um, on the offensive glass. Excuse me. Raptors had 19 offensive rebounds. And the Bulls had 19 turnovers to 28 assists. The Raptors had 26 assists to 11 turnovers. That's where – that's why – that's another reason why the, the Raptors won Luka. Yeah, the Raptors shot only 40% from three – I mean, from the field, which is 12% worse than the Bulls. The Bulls shot 40% from three. They met, they took less threes and they made less, though. But, like, they shot 40% from three. Raptors shot 35, just under 36%. But the Raptors shot 94 shots tonight. The Bulls shot 71. Just simple math. Like, you should win, or more often than not, you have to be have a really abysmal shooting game. But you get 23 extra shot attempts than the opposing team. More times than not, you take care of the ball, you should likely win that game. And the Raptors did. They took care of business in, in the fourth quarter where it mattered most. Uh, Scotty Barnes stepped up, like you mentioned. And, again, just a really well-balanced win. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy for that. Yeah, that's a really good point, and they brought it up on the broadcast. You talked about the Raptors getting extra extra shots and this one. That was everything, and them turning the Bulls over, too. Like, in hindsight, Sean, this was a game that you look at just the sheer numbers and you don't watch the game, you would think the Raptors lost this game. I mean, this was a game that, at, like I said, at some point, especially in that first half, I thought maybe it was going to get away from them and the Raptors were going to have a classic case of losing a big game. And I was ready to get on him on Twitter, but that never happened. The Raptors, they gutted out this win. And I think that's the biggest difference with this team compared to uh, the beginning of the season is uh, the Raptors found ways to lose games. And now they're finding ways to win games. Now, granted, a lot of these wins have come against teams that are below them in the standings. But I mean, tonight was a big time game, a big time win against a team that was right there with them in the standings and the Raptors proving that whatever happens from here on out, they can say that they are better than the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, and to wrap up this conversation, let's take a, a quick peek at the standings here. So the Raptors got a little bit of good fortune tonight. Not only did they win a must-win game, so that knocks the Bulls back. Uh, the Bulls are now two and a half games back of the Raptors for the ninth seed. And the Raptors, like you just mentioned previously ago, have the tiebreaker. So essentially – they're like three and a half games up on the Bulls, even though record-wise is two and a half. They're essentially three and a half up. Um, the Wizards, they do win tonight, but the Wizards beat the Hawks. I think if you're the Rap a Raptors fan, you wanted the Wizards to win. We'll talk about the Wizards back-to-back. Uh, -back. And also, as long as you take care of business, the Wizards winning tonight shouldn't matter. It shouldn't affect you at all because you're about to play them twice. Um, but yeah. the Wizards beat the Hawks. Um, so the Hawks are now uh, only still, only have a half game lead on the Raptors. Um, the Raptors do not play the Hawks anymore this season. They, I believe, they won the season series in that as well. I could be wrong. I'm fact checking as we uh, speak. The Raptors did not win that series, so they lost that series. So you gotta pray that the, the Hawks keep losing. But um, so yeah, the the Hawks lose tonight. 
The Pacers are currently winning. The Raptors though have a three and a half game lead up on them. So you're not too concerned about them right now. And the Nets, that's the last team I'm going to talk about. The Nets are still reeling post uh, trade deadline. They've now lost their third in a row. After being up double digits on the Bucks. They, they lose by 14 after being up like 14 or something. So um, that is your Easter Conference wrap-up. But um, the, the Raptors putting themselves in an all-right position going forward after, once again, a really, really big win. Luca, let's talk about it. Like you addressed, uh, like you said, it's long ago. We called these two out on the last pod. I wouldn't even say called out because I'm at maybe OG. But, you know, it's more so bringing points up about Gary. But OG and Anobi and Gary Trent Jr., they, boy, oh, boy, did they quote, unquote, respond. I guess they watched the pod. And if they do, they should watch it more often. I think it's beneficial when athletes do that. But uh, they respond. Both players shooting six for 13. I believe they combined for seven May threes tonight. Um, Luca, how big were these two guys tonight, especially on a off, when you have an off night from Pascal and a super off night shooting night uh, from uh, Fred VanVleet? Yeah, we talked about it. If the Raptors can get two other guys stepping up, um, you know, on a consistent basis, they're going to be tough to beat. I know, you know, Siakam had an off night, but he was still able to, uh, you know, get his. Um, he didn't have a completely off night. I mean, he was still able to have 20 points. So it, it happened, you know, Siakam got that 20 point mark and then two other guys stepped up um, with Fred Van Vliet struggling offensively with Scotty Barnes gradually coming along as uh, he started off slow. So yeah, I was really impressed with Gary Trent Jr. Finding a stroke in this one. And of course, OG and Anobi, all eyes were on him as since coming back from injury, he was having a very tough time finding his footing, finding his spacing, getting his offense rolling. And we're talking about, okay, OG, when are you going to turn it on here? You're talking about wanting to have a pivotal part of this offense. And here you are with Fred Van Vliet at the time, struggling to get yours. So it was really nice to get those two guys back into rhythm. And the Raptors are going to need all hands on deck as beyond these next two Wizards games, they're going to be taking on some pretty fierce competition in the West. And those are going to be games where you need Siakam to play at a high level and two, arguably even three other guys to step up on a nightly basis if you want to win against some of those Western Conference opponents. So, yeah, very happy that those two particular responded. And uh, the Raptors, they get a huge win. Again, we can't uh, understate that. But uh, two big games coming up, Sean. And uh, that was a good point brought up about uh, the Wizards where, yes, the Wizards did win, but the Raptors would have much rather that be the case just because now the Raptors control their own destiny against the Wizards. They got two games against the Wizards. I cannot tell you how important these two games are. The Raptors go out there and they beat both of these or take both of these games, beat the Wizards twice. Then they're really feeling good. And you can really talk about now this team moving comfortably into the seven, eight seed with then a chance for maybe the six seed, which I think, the top six will still be tough just because the Knicks are absolutely rolling right now. I don't Knicks see them. Knicks are the five seed right now. Yeah. But they're the five seed. And although the Nets are falling, I just think the up on us. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. What's that? Uh, the, and the Nets are four games up. So, like, even though they're reeling yes. right now, it's going to be tough when they go. Yeah. 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 Like, that's, that's a good point. They're, they're still up. Yeah. They're still up by quite a bit. And I was also going to say that the Miami Heat, I have a feeling they will turn the tide at some point. So, realistically, looking down the stretch here, I don't see the Raptors getting to the top six. I mean, it would take a dramatic turnaround and a, a drop off from some of those teams that we mentioned. But if the Raptors can get yeah. into number seven or eight, that's huge because then now all of a sudden you got to win one playing game as opposed to two. And I know if you win that, you got a first round match of date against the Bucks or Celtics. But like I said, you'd rather finish seventh or eighth than uh, ninth or 10 in the plan. So really, really quick. Uh, well, I guess we can wrap this up and I'll ask you a question. Um, OG, six for 13, two for four from three, 17 and eight, like I mentioned. Gary Trent Jr., 19 points, five rebounds, six of 13, five of 11 from three. They're going to need these guys down the stretch. Um, I think Fred will get things around shooting. I just think this is the off-shooting game from Fred. But, um, yeah, hopefully we could see uh, those two guys step up. But um, let, let's say, because I think that's the most likely scenario, right? You're 7-8, and you got to win one game instead of two. Do you rather play? I, I guess it really doesn't matter. You just win to, you know, whatever, right? Is a Raptors fan and as a Raptors analyst, would you rather play Boston in the seven game series or Milwaukee? I, I kind of texted you this about a potential Boston series, but but what would you rather prefer? Oh man, that's tough. I would probably go with the Bucks. And I know the Bucks are first right now, but if okay. I had to choose and pick my poison, I would go with Milwaukee just because the Raptors have shown that they could have success against the Bucs. Now I'm talking about variation versions of the Bucs and the Raptors had Kawhi Leonard. So completely different circumstances this time but around. Even this year they played them relatively But well. even, yeah, I was just about to say, even this season they played them really well. And last season they found ways to hang around. And I just think the Celtics are far the tougher matchup. And, you know, they have the Raptors number and they just present so many issues. They're so deep. So I would rather the Raptors take their chance in an upset scenario of taking on the Bucks in a seven-game series. But here's the other thing, too. If the Raptors get in, in all likelihood, they're not going to win that playoff series. I mean, yeah, they would yeah. have house money. So it's like, worst-case scenario, you lose. You get guys like Scotty Barnes, you know, and some of the other more younger guys. Teams. More reps, more comfortable time in the playoffs. And then if you somehow win, you know, you just pulled off one of the biggest upsets in NBA history. So they would really be in a no-lose situation at that point. This is going to sound bad. And I, I, obviously Giannis is amazing, right? But I think from an offensive firepower standpoint, 
I think the Raptors are more on a similar level to the Bucs than they are the Celtics. I think the Celtics offensively are just re- insane, but the Bucs match up with them. I don't think Boston can really guard Milwaukee. I don't think Toronto can guard Boston either, but I think they have a better shot at guarding Toronto. One, like you said, Nick Nurse has some level of experience and uh, success, you know, guarding and defending uh, Milwaukee. Um like we've already, like we just mentioned, they've played Milwaukee relatively tough this season, and then like you just have different bodies too that like you could just throw at Giannis. You can build the wall. You have what six, eight, Scotty, six, seven, and Scotty might be six nine. What's Scotty? Six nine or six eight? Pretty sure six nine, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, so six nine Scotty, six eight OG, six seven Gary Trent, six six Gary Trent. Um, 6'9", or whatever, 6'10", Pascal, 7-foot, Jakob Pertl. Like, they just have so many bodies or whatever. And I think one-on-one, like, if it's Scotty Barnes guarding Chris Middleton, sure. Or, like, if it's Gary Trent Jr. guarding Drew Holiday, sure. And then, like, the role players, the other guys for the Bucks, I think you have, if not better, you definitely have – competent guys. I, you'd hope Jakob Perno and Brooke Lopez level each other out. Basketball map doesn't quite work like that, but I think you match up. Maybe I'm getting it. I think you match up better with Milwaukee than you do Boston. Um, my answer and chat uh, uh, people listening, comment down below on the YouTube side or well, actually yeah, go to YouTube and comment. Uh, how, how long do you think each series would go? I think a Boston series goes five. I think Nick Nurse plus your talent level can net you one game. I think a buck series goes five for sure, if not six, uh, potentially. So, Yeah, that's pretty dead on. I would say five, two. It'll give the Raptors the benefit of the doubt against the Celtics that they could at least take one game at home. And then Bucks, I could easily see going six. Yeah, I could see the Raptors making it interesting and taking two. Remember, the Raptors were the originator, I think, of the wall that stopped Giannis, you know, in, in 2019 when they had the likes of Marcus Saul, Serge Ibaka, Siakam um, guarding that interior and you know really resisting and obviously Kawhi resisting against uh Giannis and uh yeah a lot of teams have tried to duplicate that over the years and I think yeah like you said the Raptors have a lot of size that could disrupt Giannis and make other guys need to beat him but then again I mean this is probably honestly like when you look at the roster I, I would say that you know on paper at least yeah this Bucks team looks better than the year that they won the championship so I think Milwaukee's gonna be tough to beat anyway but yeah I, I would probably see the Raptors take one more against Milwaukee than Celtics because the Celtics are just on another level I'm, I'm telling you like I hope we get those two in the Eastern Conference Finals because that's gonna be a hell of a series and uh that's yeah, going seven. One, one of them then yeah the Raptors are going to the Eastern Conference Finals <laughs> um I think, oh, yeah, if, if somehow the Raptors upset one of them and you got to face Knicks, potentially, Knicks like Miami or like Knicks Cavs, who get, I know the Raptors have played really, really well this year. In the semis, after beating like, the Raptors, if the Raptors get past the first round, they'll probably go to the conference final. <laughs> they, would be favorite. they would be favorites in that series as the eighth seed for if they were somehow yeah. able to get by the Bucks and then take on, yeah, Cavs or the Knicks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very, very interesting. Um, let's move on. You kind of already teased it. I was going to save it for last, but let's hop to this one first. Um, Raptors, Wizards. Raptors, like we said, control their own destiny. You kind, you wanted the Wizards to beat the Hawks tonight. 
because the Hawks, they lose. You're a lot closer to the Hawks now. They have a half-game lead on you now, uh, only a half-game lead, which would have been one-and-a-half game, I think, if they had won. Um, and you play back-to-back with the Wizards. So, Luca, what are some of the key things to, to keep an eye out for heading into this back-to-back against the Wizards? I believe the first game is in Toronto, and then the second game is in Washington. No, they're both in Washington. Yeah, no, they're, no, they're both in Washington, which, yeah, I looked at like a half hour ago and I was surprised. So this is a very tough spot for the Raptors. The Raptors are not uh, – it's funny. I know we're feeling good about this win and we're talking highly of the Raptors, but the Raptors are nowhere near being out of the woods just yet. I mean, this is the start yeah. of a very, very crucial part of their schedule. We're talking about Raptors taking on some pretty tough teams, uh, you know, Wizards, Wizards, Nuggets, Clippers, Lakers, uh, Nuggets, Thunder – T-Wolves and Bucks. That's tops. But in terms of the next two, yeah, you're on the road. You're taking on a Wizards team that you cannot sleep on. You cannot underestimate. The Wizards are coming off a very, very solid win against the Hawks. They were down big in this one, Sean. So this was actually a come-from-behind victory for them. And Kyle Kuzma has been playing really well for this Wizards team. Bradley Beal had 37 in the win against the Hawks. Uh, you got, you know, other guys who have stepped up. Um this is not going to be an easy task for the Raptors. And it's especially going to be tough because it's going to be played on the road against a Wizards team that right now they're kind of in the same boat as the Raptors, right? Like this is a team that needs to win these games because they are in the middle as well. So there's no need uh, or no urgency for the Wizards to tank. They want to go for it and they are going for it. So they're going to want to win these games. The next two are going to feel like playing as games between two teams fighting to, you know, better their chance in the plane and move on up. So I think the Raptors just got to get strong play, like we mentioned, from, you know, two other guys outside of Siakam. If their defense continues to play as it did against Chicago, and for the most part during this, um, you know, last couple of weeks, have they, you know, how they've been able to turn around their season with the exception of the Cavs game. If their defense can be steady, sturdy, the offense can get it rolling. If Fred Van Vliet can get his offense rolling, you're going to cut him some slack as – this was his first game back after missing the last couple, after having his third kid. Once again, congratulations. So, yeah, if the Raptors can just, you know, get off to early leads, uh, play tough defense, and, and get some necessary offensive contributions, they should be okay um, against Washington. I'm not worried about these games, but I think it will be tough. These aren't games that you're going to just sleepwalk and win. Like, if the Raptors play like they did tonight – they won't be Washington. I, I don't think so, especially on the road. I think Washington is better than the Bulls. And, you know, they got offensive weapons that can make you pay if you don't, uh, you know, if you don't take care of them and, and, and play a good game. Although the Wizards, at times, they can suck from three, two. So there might be a lot of bricks shot over these next two uh, matchups. From from both teams. It's not like the Raptors are a really good three-point shooting team either. But um uh, some maybe optimism, and you never want to see a player injured, but maybe some optimism for the Raptors. Christoph Porzingis, the status of him playing is right now up in the air. He's missed the last two games with uh, left knee soreness. Uh, I don't know if it's actually left knee. I believe it's left knee, though. But with, uh, with knee soreness, the Raptors, now granted, they don't play each other. Uh, well, they play each other Thursday, but who knows the status of that, so... Um, that they play Thursday and Sunday. I definitely would probably expect them to be back for that Sunday game. The Thursday game, uh, TBD, but he has missed the last two games. But I'm curious to see how they guard Bradley Beal, if they throw any, you know, insane coverages at him or, like, different coverages and trying to make life uh, a little bit more uh, frustrating for Bradley Beal. 
And uh, like you mentioned, I, I, I hope that guys like Fred Van Vliet can step things up, scoring the ball. I, I think oh, upstairs. Been- I'm recording something. And I uh, and, and I hope that the if, if Brett VanVleet isn't able to score the ball well enough, that I hope he's still you know passing the ball well. And like I said, nine assists tonight, no turnovers for the Raptors. But um, all right, last thing, then we get out of here. Um, crap, there we go. Raptors. They signed Will Barton today. Um, I believe they they waved. Do they wave Wancho, uh, Hermione Gomez? Yeah, Hernan um, Gomez. The movie star yeah. era is done in Toronto. Yeah, um, they they wave Hermione Gomez, uh, but they do sign Will Bar Will Barton, who's has NBA experience. He only played four minutes tonight. I did. I, I mean, I honestly didn't expect him to play at all, especially the first game. Um, Luca, any quick thoughts on on Will Barton, the player, and and his potential fit in in Toronto? Yeah, his former team, right? The Raptors are going to be playing in these next two. So funny little uh, backstory there. I mean, Barton could uh, have some revenge games. But yeah, I really like this move a lot. I, I know it's not one of those groundbreaking moves or something that's going to move the needle. But you gave up Hernan Gomez, who, yeah, at times, you know, he helped you defensively. But let's call it for what it is. Offensively, he was a pylon. Um, and that's putting it nicely. Whereas Will Barton, I think he's a career 38% three-point shooter, if I'm not mistaken. This is a guy who... Can definitely help the the Raptors uh, from downtown, and you know, give them some really, really uh, helpful shooting from off the bench and some much needed shooting. And I think the I, it's interesting. I think Will Barden, if things go well, I don't want to put this expectation on him, but if things go well for Will Barden, he could be what the Raptors wanted from Otto Porter Jr. From the perspective of just having a guy who's able to hit shots. Um, you know, give you that offensive boost from off the bench and just really give your your, your bench unit, uh, you know, some time where you can eat minutes, look productive and get your starters some much needed rest time. So I really like this for the Raptors. I think it's a, you know, low risk, uh, high reward situation. You weren't playing Hernan Gomez anyway. See what Barton can give you. And uh, he did play in this one. I think he took one shot. He missed it against the Bulls. So, yeah, it's going to yeah. take some time for him to get integrated. He is a veteran, so shouldn't take, you know, that much time for him to, uh, you know, feel himself here on the team and, and, and get himself comfortable with some of these other guys. So, uh, yeah, Will Barton, welcome to Toronto. I think uh, this will be a, a nice little addition for the Raptors. And I was surprised, too, because the Raptors are very rarely active in sort of the, the bio market in, in terms of making these moves. It's usually they – you know, you bank on them doing something at the deadline. They don't do anything at the deadline, and then they kind of just coast through. Well, this year was the complete opposite. They make a move at the deadline, and now they're getting a little bit aggressive post-deadline, uh, bringing in Barton. So, yeah, I, I like it a lot, Sean. Yeah, and, and to your defense, he's a career 35%, three-point shoot, 35 and a half. But every year since 2016-17, he's shot 37% or higher from three except for two. Those two seasons were 34.2 and 36 and a half being last season with the, with the Denver Nuggets. But he shot six threes. So good enough volume. So round that up, 37% from three basically every year for the past like seven years except for one. Um, so, yeah, the Raptors, they, they this is what they wanted Otto Porter to do. Knock down shots, play solid defense. Let's hope Will Barney can do that. Again, like you mentioned, low risk, high reward, um, low, low floor, high ceiling, however you want to phrase it. And, uh, yeah, I think he could really help out the Raptors in the future. 
But Raptors Asia, comment down below. What do you guys think about the Raptors' huge win against the Bulls? And what are your expectations for the Raptors' uh, upcoming games against the Washington Wizards? We'll see you guys next week, Monday. We'll talk all about the back-to-back home, uh, road games against the Wizards. Break that all down to get ready for a big West Coast trip. Sean Davis here, Luca Rosano. Stay safe. We'll see you guys next time. Peace out. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.